welcome to the Hinge to Zoom podcast. I'm Stetson. And I'm Gabe. And in this episode, we're going over some news we missed coming into the new year, 2019, as well as a recap of CES, the Consumer Electronics Show. Yeah, this is episode two, and we're starting off with a bang. It's going pretty well. Uh, should we talk about some of the things we've learned building a podcast so far? Yeah, this is episode two, but it feels like we've had to reinvent the wheel practically to get here. Uh, if you don't remember on the last episode or if you didn't listen to it, welcome. Uh, this is the Pinch to Zoom podcast. But since then, we've had to learn a lot about podcasting because we had to learn how to host it, where to host it, how to create a logo, how to create a logo about 6,000 times so that we have the right logo. Stetson can tell you all about that. Oh my goodness. I So I was using Sketch to create a vector logo for our podcast and that went through, no joke, 30 to 35 iterations um, and we ran into you know different problems it was kind of a very creative and fluid process but um you know i'm really happy with what the end result turned out to be yeah it's it's looking good and if you know if you're not listening to this episode right after we release it but possibly a week later two weeks later we could have a very different logo by then because it is very much in flux at the moment uh and i'm also i created the intro and that could be a very different one by episode three by episode 10 who knows we're just kind of going with it uh give us your feedback on our social media the handle is hopefully on all of the uh platforms we've got pinch to zoom pod so or it might just be pinch to zoom if it get cut it's cut off but yeah search for that and our gmail address to send us questions and stuff like that is pinch to zoom podcast at gmail.com yeah, it's definitely a fun creative process, and I'm looking forward to growing. A process? Pro- yeah. A podcast. It's possibly a, because it's a podcast, right? <laughs> a, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing you where it goes. I like that joke. That, was, that got a one-star review from you. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks. Anyways, let's get into this episode. Welcome to 2019, everyone. You know, this is the last year of the teens in the 20s. And we're growing up. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's going by so fast, so... Already, we're only two weeks into the year, and there's a bunch of news that's already happened that we missed since our last episode. Uh, first thing is that we know when the Samsung S10 is coming out. Yeah, that is going to be February 20th. We're looking for a Galaxy S10 uh, announcement. I don't know about release date yet. We're thinking it's going to be a very strong phone from Samsung, something to rival what we saw from Honor, the Honor View 20 at CES. Uh, we're thinking rumors are pointing towards a punch out for the camera on the front LCD or front OLED, I should say. That would be really cool to see a new design trend for the 2019 year. Yeah, that is. Is that better than the notch? I'm not really sure. Uh, I think it's up in the air. Um, in my opinion, it's hard for developers because now you have to design for a notch, for no notch, and for now a punch out. That's yeah. I feel like that's a lot, but in the end, not a lot of content is put up there, and it does create, in my opinion, a very beautiful design, so it could be a cool thing to see. Yeah, I think ultimately this is just kind of a step in the process of getting to a completely you know, bezel-less and no camera interfering with the full screen type design, but yeah, it's okay, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely really cool, um, and this could be the death of the headphone jack as well. Yeah, and we're also going to see the launch of the, or possibly just a bigger announcement surrounding the Galaxy F, which is their foldable phone, which is going to cost $1,800. Yeah. Is that a phone at that point? That's, you know, might as well just get a car and put a screen on it and call it a phone. (laughs) 
it's that's definitely uh, a very huge leap in a very different direction. I don't know if it's going to be a good product or if it's going to fold itself up and become a flop of the year. Oh, but. there we go. That's 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 what it is. The galaxy flop. All right, let's move on because this is, of course, quick news. There might have been an intro at the beginning if I got around to creating it, or if not, I'll just say this is quick news and that's the intro. Uh, the next thing is there's been some leaks surrounding AirPods 2 and AirPower. Uh, rumors that they're possibly starting production on AirPower, and there's already been some leaks that AirPod 2s are ready to go pretty much. I would think, yeah, AirPod 2s have probably been in development for a while, and Apple is likely holding off on the release for AirPower to come yeah. out because that was the huge uh, feature where you have one wireless charging mat, you put your phone down, charges, you put your watch down, it charges, you put airpods down and they start charging yep. and i think apple is really waiting for everything to come together to release it all at once yeah i mean it makes sense uh it is kind of odd because a lot of times they do release stuff you know a little bit like before they're ready and kind of do the beta version of something or the beta version is it beta or beta it's, it's beta beta okay yeah i think it should be better it started it's a new trend a, it's a better way to say it you heard it here <laughs> yeah. first folks yeah, yeah no but yeah, I think that's probably the right move on them. Release it all together. Maybe we'll see a February launch or March. Probably most likely March. That would be awesome. And you know, you're right. It was interesting. Uh, they were holding off on the wireless charger because a lot of people have now bought wireless chargers like yeah. the Samsung ones or we talked about Peel or Nimble. But, you know, I think this will be a strong release from Apple and people who can afford it and obviously love the products are going to be really happy with what this has to offer. Yeah, and also possibly... Just quickly to put out there, we do have rumors of an iPhone or an iPod, iPad Mini 5 possibly and a new low-cost iPad, but not not really much on that. Uh, so that's quick news. So that's all you get. Uh, next thing is the SpaceX layoffs. And actually, even just today, Tesla also laid off. 7% uh, of Tesla's workforce was laid off today and 10% of SpaceX. Yeah. I mean, I the think... Pink when you're trying to grow so quickly, sometimes you do need to just keep the employees kind of a uh, keep who's absolutely necessary. And sometimes you do have to unfortunately slim down and, and let people go. Um, and also, you know, I, I saw on Reddit kind of a joke for this is you know, SpaceX, they designed a reusable rocket. So now that it's made, <laughs> you know, you don't need any of the engineers. It's reusable. Yeah, no, I think it's kind of Tesla is trying to stay ahead of the competition and they're trying to grow so fast like you said so a lot of times they hire a ton in one department and then they realize you know all right we've designed it we no longer need a lot of the employees in that department let's you know unfortunately for the employees yeah they, they can probably find work elsewhere they're really all smart talented people but yeah and it's, it's no secret that the finances have been tough for tesla in the past and uh you know they just recently started having positive um earnings for their quarters, I believe. So, you know, it's just a necessary step in, in their evolution and their growth. Yeah, indeed. Uh, next thing on quick news, quick news, quick news is the December stock market crash. Uh, now this was, if you're into stocks at all, you, it is a painful reminder. Sorry that I brought it up again. Uh, hopefully the stock market's going better. It has been up a little bit. Uh, but the big thing that kind of is tech related more, cause we're not really focusing on finance too much, but is the fact that Apple cut their, uh, guidance and like expectations for their earnings in this coming quarter from i think it was 89 million to 83 million or something like that uh, and that's a big deal for apple because they're obviously one of the biggest tech companies out there 
Uh, and the big thing that was around why they did that was possibly the sales in China. I think, too, Apple kind of shot themselves in the in the foot with this. Looking back, they offered a $29 battery replacement for their old phones. They released iOS 12, which improved the performance of mm, old yeah. phones, and they released some of the most expensive iPhones ever. True. So we kind of had this trio of factors coming together that I think caused people to realize, hey, I can get my battery replaced. My phone is now faster. It feels new. Um, I don't need to upgrade. The upgrades are more expensive. Contracts have kind of dwindled away. So now you are paying full price, even though it is kind of over the course of 24 months. But um, yeah, it just seems like an interesting decision for Apple. And I think the battery replacement program and the new prices definitely reflected consumer interest and uh, resulted in the fewer sales. No, that actually, that, that makes perfect sense. I didn't think of it like that before, but yeah, it was kind of the perfect storm of all these factors coming together and people saying, yeah, probably don't need a new iPhone this year. I can wait till next year. And yeah, I mean, I think maybe in the long run that might be good because they build brand loyalty. People continue to like iPhones, but in this short term uh, thing, it definitely has hurt their stock. Yeah, it really went down. Yeah. And the final thing, the thing I'm actually probably the most excited about is the Sony just announced their new A6400 camera. Now, this is a mirrorless camera, uh, 24 megapixel sensor, 4K video, not as good as the A6500, and obviously not as good as the full frame, you know, A7 III, A7R Mark III, stuff like that. But this is deemed as the go-to camera right now for vloggers. We'll have to see how it actually performs. But the nice thing and why people are saying that is because it has a 180-degree flip-up display. So when you're vlogging, you can get that awesome shot of yourself and see if you're in frame. That's, I mean, that's huge. This is something people have been wanting from Sony for a while to include in all of their cameras. Yeah. And, um, you know, Canon has held a dominant market share in that area, I think. And it's nice to see something fresh from Sony. Yeah. And I mean, $900 with a lens, that's a pretty good deal. I think it's a great deal. I think this will perform well from them and uh, introduce a lot of new people into the Sony world and into the creative world. Yeah. So that was it for quick news, quick news, quick news, quick news, quick news. Yeah. I like that. Now moving on to CES yeah. 2019. It's a very news-filled episode. Yes. But we got to catch up on the news, keep you guys up to date. First of all, a quick background. What is CES? CES stands for the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, from the website, ces.tech. .tech is now a thing. Yeah. Uh, it's the world's gathering place for all those who thrive on the business of consumer technologies. It has served as the proving ground for the innovations and breakthrough technologies for 50 years, the global stage where next generation innovations are introduced to the marketplace. Uh, CES started June 24th, 1967. Yeah. All right. You just stole all my notes. Thank you. Oh. I think you're also getting, are you getting sponsored by, I see you have a pile of cash that says from the consumer electronics show that they just paid you to say all that and advertise them. Wow. You know, we, we talked about bringing you. sponsors on the show. I can't believe you. How did you do this to me? No, but yeah, it's founded in uh, 1967. I think it, I read it started in New York City. Then it started doing a biannual thing for the next like 30 years or so, where it was in Chicago in the summer and then Vegas in the winter. Then the one in Chicago got less popular and shows like E3 popped up in the summer and started taking some of that. So they just went to annual show in Vegas, uh, kicks off the year, you know, with a bang. Uh, they say they have over 180,000 attendees. 
and it takes 18 days to set up run and take down which is the largest show in vegas so, that's huge that's yeah. huge and to be clear, this is owned and produced by the Consumer Technology yes. Association. Yes, it is. Uh, so overall, what before we get into the specific products, were you? What was your takeaway from the whole show? You know, I think CES this year continues to emphasize we're moving into an age of Internet of Things, where everything is connected. Yeah. Um, and to me, it was I guess kind of whelming. There were some highlights. Mm. And there were some products that didn't seem so good. Uh, definitely things to look forward to this upcoming year, but nothing. I think it's nothing groundbreaking at this event. I would say. Yeah, that tends to be the thing. I think with uh, CES is there's a lot of stuff also that's not really being released, but just kind of being showcased. Of this is what we could do, you know, like future products. Um, for me, it was a bit underwhelming, mainly because I'm not so, you know about the consumer electronics i more want you know creative stuff and for that you know you don't get a lot of people coming to this show for that you know they more go to nab or photokina or stuff like that uh but you did get a lot of really cool and groundbreaking stuff that made you think hey you know how can this be used in the future does it have creative uses as well uh, also the other thing i think is a lot more companies are going to you know the make the big spectacle type apple sh you know releases where they can get the whole spotlight rather than releasing products on a week when there's, you know, 500,000 other products coming out. It just gets buried in the news. I mean, the yeah, like, like Sony released a week after they released the A6400, like we were just talking about, rather than releasing it during CES. Yeah, that's a very interesting strategy. And, and you're definitely right. A lot of what we see at CES is never actually comes to market. You can't no, actually yeah. buy it. Um, so the things you can buy and experience are really cool. So Gabe, what are some of your top gadgets? What were some of your highlights from CES, even though it was a little underwhelming for you as a yeah. creative? All right, so this is probably, I actually didn't read about this product during the, uh, while the show was going on. I kept a pretty close eye on it, but I somehow missed this. And then when it was coming to do this episode, I was looking back and I saw this and it seems like a small product, but it's actually something that I've been thinking would be coming in the next five years. Um, and this is a move toward it. So it's the Dolby Dimension wireless headphones. Now get ready, six hundred dollar price tag. All right. Oh, that's fun. Now, yeah, for headphones, that definitely is a little high. Um, I probably would not be buying these, even though I love headphones. That's that's very high. I know, yeah. But what they do, what they do do, is that they have um, the ability to filter out the you know the noise from around you and put it into your headphones so they're meant to kind of be worn around the house rather than traditional headphones which are kind of like while you're by yourself so you can be wearing these you know when you're in your house and they can pair up to eight devices um and it has a tracking technology that get this you can have it actually in a physical location where the sound is coming from so say you have it paired with your tv or paired with like a speaker you can have that set so it l sounds like it's coming from a physical location in the room right if you turn your head it it won't just stay like playing the regular way it, it will actually sound like you have the headphones off and you're listening to it from a speaker that's someplace in your room that is amazing technology here's a question for you though yeah why would i want to be wearing headphones when i could just right. have the sound coming from the tv or coming from the speaker well this is this is what i've been saying for for like the past couple months is what i think is airpods and headphones like that eventually will get enough uh battery in them and enough you know processing capacity where they can be doing stuff like this in that small form factor and then we're always going to be wearing headphones essentially 
so that you know we can be listening to each other because they'll filter out the noise or be able to pass through audio but at the same time you know we can just whisper like alexa what's the weather like or thank god i muted the alexa that's in this room you know and it will be able to tell us that right in our ears so we'll always have a personal sis oh Sorry. no there's an alexa out in the next room over <laughs> if you can hear that i don't know if the mic's picked i want to congratulate amazon for making such a sensitive and responsive product and also apologize to our listeners for triggering their, yeah. I won't say the word, but their devices. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I'm so sorry. Uh, but yeah, that's basically these headphones. Yeah, they're a little bit kind of like who's really going to use them. But the fact that you can pair eight devices, uh, it filters in the sound from the outside world so you can wear them when you're around other people and that you can have physical locations for the sounds coming from is almost like you're not wearing headphones. So they're like the most headphones that aren't headphones, right? It's it's a very interesting idea. I have some questions about it because yeah. I know the Sony, I think it's the SM3s or like Sony makes yeah. some really nice headphones think, and yeah. they, you can adjust the uh, noise cancellation yeah. on them and they can also let in ambient sounds around But this you. isn't letting in ambient sound. It actually pipes in the sound. So it has, it uses the mics to send in the sounds. I think outside. Sony's might do something similar, but... Yeah. It, it's definitely interesting for $600. Yeah, it's a little. We're going to have to wait and see what the reviewers say. Um, yeah. I think 350 you know, is kind of a, a better price for many still, people. Still pretty pricey, but Still yeah. expensive, but more of the standard for high-end noise-canceling headphones. Yeah. All right. What's your top product or just one of your products that you thought was cool? I'm going to go with uh, the Samsung Micro LED TVs. Okay. So, yeah, the concept here is imagine you can build a tv so yep. micro led I'm panels yep they're just square panels okay. and you fit them together and you can just construct the exact tv size aspect ratio resolution you're looking for so it's going to kind of like build your own tv you can have it vertical for instagram hmm. stories you can have information displayed in various places in your house a really really so cool would you say it's kind of like a modular tv yes yeah, it's, it's a modular tv and at the ces show Samsung had this displaying probably one of the largest TV screens of all time. It was huge. And I think this was... Was that their smart wall type thing? Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was their huge wall. And I think this presents a really cool opportunity to for people to kind of build their home theater or to incorporate it in different aspects of their home or even businesses who are going to create an experience. These TVs remain very flexible and adaptable to uh, whatever the use case may be. Yeah, I did read about this. Uh, I do think that this is also one of those things that's very much a future product because even though it is, it's they have obviously working examples of it and it's going to be on sale, I think, in this year. Isn't it going to be? I couldn't. I can't answer that. I'm not quite sure either, but uh, it's usually, it's one of those things that's definitely going to be out of almost everyone's budget, most likely. Um, and that's honestly one of my worst products that I just briefly want to mention is uh, the fact that they have so many 8K TVs I mean, it's so impractical right now. I know they can do 4K upscaling, but people are just now getting 4K content and they're selling these 8K TVs on 80 inch screens. And it's like, who needs that? I completely agree. My philosophy towards resolution is kind of what Apple has. So when you have a screen pixel density or the retina of your eye can't see the individual pixels, that's enough. Yeah. I think for TVs, 4K is perfect. That's all we need. What we really need to focus on is producing 4K content that can even take advantage of that and also focusing on HDR and just other things and improvements that TVs could have. I don't think 8K is it. 
Yeah, no, I definitely... I mean, there there's definitely the attraction for TV makers to always be like, and this TV has the most pixels with the best brightness or whatever, but yeah, it's just kind of a bit of a you know showing off type thing that they do yeah it's not worth it no all right what's your next product Gabe? my next thing is kind of not a specific product but a whole suite of products i know a lot of people have been seeing online these you know these porch pirates what they're called right uh and it's basically people stealing packages off people's porches uh there was that uh mark robbers video rober i think it's rober rober i think it's pronounced uh rubber uh mark rubber no yeah he did this video. He's a genius at creating stuff. Engineer. He's an engineer who works at NASA. At NASA. And yeah. And he, in his free time, he entertains people by creating really crazy contraptions and stuff. So anyways, he, long story short, he created this product that was able to like spin glitter out of this box. It looked like a regular box, but when it was stolen by the porch product pirates and they opened it in their car or whatever, it put glitter everywhere and made a really loud noise, released fart spray. Yeah. It was, it was a video that got a ton of use, so brought this to the attention of a lot of people. Uh, but anyways, that was a segue to get to the Amazon keyless entry, uh, which is something that they actually released, I think about a year ago, this kind of this whole concept. Uh, and basically what it is, is that when you order a product from Amazon and it's delivered, they can actually, del- the delivery people can put it right into your house because Amazon uh, will have access through the camera that with the Amazon cloud they can, camera, they can see into your house and they can also unlock the door. And so boom right in yeah it's a little it's a little scary but at this at this ces they released uh the ability now they can open your garage door because they have the garage door opening technology and they're expanding it to businesses so my thoughts on this i definitely think i had no idea but i guess in some areas porch product package theft is a big deal and it's it's bigger cities i think definitely and a lot in california i actually see this as a really great idea and innovation i think in the future we'll kind of look back and this will slowly transition to be a new norm and it seems weird now but you know i i think it's got some good intentions behind it and i think it could work out yeah i think it really what it represents though is uh more and more people are having stuff delivered right that's a good ordering on rather than you know we used to be like all right you buy online for a couple things but now it's like people are just routinely every day having stuff delivered to their house granted i don't really love how much waste that generates that's a story that's a different you know type of thing we'll tackle sometime but uh i do think we need to figure out you know the security of the stuff that's being delivered yeah i can agree with that yep thank you thank you for agreeing with it It validates me yes yes uh i do my little diary steps in agreed with me (laughs) uh next up i'm going to talk about laptops and uh the laptops i'm going to bring up razor yep razor put an oled panel in a laptop Ooh, how big of a laptop? I think this is like a 13-inch. All right, so yeah. kind of regular size. It's like a respectable yeah. gaming laptop, and that's really cool to see. I love OLEDs. The contrast ratio is amazing. They yeah. do have their problems, so we'll have to see how it holds up. And Yeah, they have, don't they have uh, like burn-in? Yeah, like burn-in a... problems, and then you can't have a high refresh rate, and all the individual pixels are backlit. Yeah, It is a really nice panel to look at but perhaps not the optimal solution for um, a mobile display. Mm-hmm. So follow-up to that, Asus, the ROG, they put a 240 hertz display in a laptop. Wow. Let that sink in, 240 yeah. hertz. Uh, and hertz is is in its cycles per what is it? <laughs> cycles per second? Cycles per second is how it is. So it, 
hertz is a thousand cycles per second, right? I, you know, Gabe, you're asking some really great questions right now. All right. Well, I, to, to summarize, yeah. the cursor movement looks buttery smooth. Basically, most most TVs are what sixty hertz or one hundred and twenty. Yeah, so me. they're typically sixty, and then they will have a setting for like one twenty, but if instead of like. Yeah actually doing it instead of repeating frames yeah. they'll like make new frames it's a whole mess most good if you get a really good tv especially for a gaming or like a gaming display it's probably 120 hertz so 240 double that in a laptop is awesome it's crazy too. Yeah. yeah yeah wow that is as it was there another laptop or is that it uh those are really the two laptops okay. um i guess i could sneak in in a similar line uh samsung had that space monitor i was talking to you about earlier yeah uh, this is a really cool concept where it's a space-saving monitor on your desk. It has like a little foot that clips onto the back of the desk, and it will sit up vertically, flush against the wall. And then you could also kind of lean it forward, almost like it has a built-in monitor arm. Yeah, I don't know why did... It, there's some products that are released that's like, how did we just now get this product? Like, Yeah, yeah. I think it's a great idea, and um, I'd love if it was more adjustable in some way, but the way it functions i think really opens up a lot of desk space it looks really beautiful and clean um and it's a product that i think a lot of people will actually enjoy and it is coming to market so you'll be able to buy it yeah um that's... it'll start at 400 dollars for a 27 inch and 500 for a 32 inch and these are 4k monitors See, that's not that bad of pricing either so i think yeah. it's really good yeah that's pretty and reasonable very sizable like that's a huge monitor yeah and it yeah it lo looks nice and it's functional so I think yeah I, I'm I've been in the market for a monitor for a long time, uh, so I might might keep an eye on that for sure. My next product and probably the one I'm most excited about, but is the least creative type product of all, uh, is guess what the Impossible Burger 2.0. Oh, I like it. Okay. I'm a vegetarian. I've been a vegetarian for my whole life. I know you're a less meat eating style. Or you've just been... I think, what's the term? Like, flexitarian? Yeah. Like, I'm aware of how terrible meat is on the environment and the industry, but in my opinion, it also tastes extremely yeah. good. No, I think that's... Um, I I don't... I, I under, I've been very lucky that I never experienced meat, so for me, it's like I'm not missing anything. Uh, so something like the Impossible Burger, which I've tried the Impossible Burger, I've tried the Beyond Burger. Both are very good. I personally like the Beyond Burger better, but this Impossible Burger... Oh gosh, I can't even say it. This Impossible Burger 2.0. I'm just getting so excited about it that I can't even speak. It's impossible uh, to say. It is impossible to say. Uh, but they released this one at CES, which seems odd, right? It's, it's a, a burger. This is a edible yeah. food item. Yeah, and it's CES. a it's a version number, a version yeah, 2.0. Right, 2.0. It's like this our is, food oh, is numbers. You, you buy it and then you're like, oh wait, I gotta update my, <laughs> I gotta update my Impossible <laughs> Burger. Beta testing, downloading the new update. Doop, doop, doop. Uh, anyways, but so they released this product there, and it actually won the top tech of CES 2019 from Digital Trends and several other websites, and actually at the uh, CES show itself. And someone said that it's a triumph of food engineering, which is with a uh, emerging media editor for Digital Trends. That was like his quote that he said. So I think, it, yeah, it's pretty awesome that you get products like this coming out to a consumer electronics show, uh, and it's just exciting, and I can't honestly can't wait to try it. Uh, yeah, it's really cool seeing the technology they've been able to put into food, and it's definitely addressing one of the largest problems I think uh, we're facing today as a society. Yeah, definitely uh, trying to get people off meat um, and figuring out ways to you know still 
feed that need literally yeah and you know supporting local farmers or um oh i don't know if this really does that but well i mean as opposed to just switching to vegetarian like supporting local farmers and uh grass-fed beef that's another great thing definitely an option but yeah yeah. this was cool to see yeah do you have anything else for good products or are we gonna move to bad uh lenovo google assistant smart home clock this is a brilliant idea it's basically take a google home mini add a touchscreen and an alarm clock boom there you go that's what this is it's in your room it's great it's convenient um just gives you a nice interface for interacting with your smart home devices yeah lenovo's really been turning up the game on smart displays uh you know like they don't really have any alexa based ones oh no i'm so sorry people (laughs) (laughs) but they do have a lot of ones for google uh they had one this past year and they released a couple, I think, at this uh, CES. It, yeah, it was really cool to see their like, uh, home hubs. And I think this is a, an emerging market where people kind of need an interface to control all their home devices. Yeah. And we have voice assistants now, but we enjoy, we're very visual creatures. And I think having a visual display would be uh, nice as well. So it was cool. Only $79. Yeah, so that's a pretty good deal. Reasonable. And I would say wait for this Black Friday to pick that up. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You'll get a smart tech dropping like it's hot. Yeah, we know it'll go on sale. Yeah. Um, and my last thing personally that I thought was kind of cool, uh, I'm not a big fan of pop sockets. I personally, as you can see, and the audience can't, you can verify I don't have one on my phone right now. This is true. This is true. Uh, but that uh, fact that otterbox and the company which is pop socket they i guess they've trademarked it and everything they teamed up and they created uh and released the otter plus pop case which has uh i don't know if you want to look it up and see what it looks like but yeah i saw it It has a indentation in the actual case to accommodate the dimensions of the pop socket yeah so your phone will sit flush on a table this is like oddly cool to see yeah uh, it's going to be released at $60. It's coming out this spring. Unfortunately, Android users, sorry, only iPhone cases at the moment. But yeah, you pick it up for $60. And then if you want to get a new pop socket, they call them the tops is what they call them for this product. And those are $8. So you can, you know, if you want to go with a jeweled, bejeweled one for when you're going out in the town and having a night with the girls, boom, you got that. Or if you want to get, you know, a little more leather type one for a fancier look or whatever, you got that one, slip it in. So I think, yeah, I think it's a pretty cool thing. I can't believe it took this long to get some collaboration going. So it wasn't just sticking this thing on the back. And this would be the one thing that would get me to actually possibly get one. It, it's so overpriced, though. Yeah. It's a, a brilliant marketing well, strategy. Well, most, like, most cases you figure from OtterBox and places like that are like $45, $50. So. It's unbelievable. People, you're overpaying on phone cases. But, it, I mean, you're protecting a $1,000 product. Says the man with a, yeah. I think this is a $50 Apple yeah. leather case. Yeah, yeah, and you go through one of those a day, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have a stash. Yeah, he, he literally puts it on. All right, day's over, chucks it out, gets another one. Yeah. Yep. Okay, let's let's move on to the, the worst. This tech. is the fun part. Yeah, people, we know this is what you've been waiting for, or you not, or you've just gone by now and left because you couldn't wait. But hopefully, if you're still here, this is the exciting part, the worst tech, and possibly just the kind of like, huh, like tech. You know that you know that emoji the kind of like hands oh, up like oh yeah huh? that's that's kind of like, like why why just why just was this really that's kind of what this tech is gabe so, what's what's number one in your list number one on the why and uh, i've put it in mainly to make the pun i think that this one's probably the crappiest product you know where i'm going i uh i think i know that this product is going down the drain yeah 
yeah it's i'm yeah basically it's the kohler newbie Numi smart toilet that's n-u-m-y m-u-n-i sorry and guess what it's a 2.0 so that was one released last year too so they're not quitting on and this that idea. one went under the radar yeah no I, I think it was over the radar but it's like yeah anyways so the specs on this alexa incorporated you can talk to alexa oh no i keep saying this <laughs> this was not thought through yeah basically if you've not muted your smart speaker by now you are in deep trouble but so you do have the amazon uh ai assistant incorporated uh guess what there's also surround sound and dynamic lighting so you can feel like you're in the middle of the jungle you can have that you know that ambient and have some nice like low lighting so you can get into your mood if that's the mood that you need to be in when you're on the toilet <laughs> you can be in that mood guess what it also has a cleaning and drying functions and a heated seat for heated seat is nice that is pretty nice yeah but is it seven thousand dollars nice that's how much it is yes seven thousand dollars wow so if you I, want this you better start saving up to be fair you know, I go to the bathroom every day, it right? Is, yeah, I guess, right? And, you right. know, you think about that. All right, so I go every day. It's like $2 a day, you know, maybe in one year, I mean, two years. No, and how long no, is that? stop. Go- <laughs> it's thinking like that that got this product to be released. Uh, <laughs> they also released a bunch of other stuff for the bathroom, like smart mirrors. And, you know, they're really trying to bring smart tech into the bathroom, uh, which is a place I'm, it hasn't I'm trying, been. I'm like, I guess cool maybe i don't i'm literally if i go into a bathroom that has smart tech i'm throwing it all out of the bathroom so i'm doing the opposite of them they're combating me (laughs) i see you will not be picking this up no yeah no i'm not a big fan of it i don't know maybe down the road i'll I'll be a hypocrite and i'll be you know lining up and only going to the bathroom on smart toilets yeah okay sure uh not not uh my number one yep is the royal flex pie I think I'm saying that mm, right. Okay. Uh, it's P-A-I. This was Whoa. the foldable phone. Phone? Tablet? Yeah. We saw at CES from Royal. Uh, what other products does Royal have? You know, they have some, I think some smartwatches. They have okay. a few other things. Are they a Chinese company? or? I think so. You okay. know, I don't. I didn't look too much yeah. into them. That's okay. Sorry. I'm... It's a very curious product they yeah. have uh, presented themselves with. Uh, it is a $1,318 phone with a foldable display that basically folds out into a tablet. And, and this is one of those just why products, right? So you fold it over. Uh, reviewers said it feels like the phone is breaking, like you're going to break the actual unit when you I mean, that's what I look for in a phone, personally. You wanna, Whenever you use it, you, you want it to feel like it's about to break. And then when it's folded over, your hands are touching everything. You're accidentally opening things. The poor developers have to design for like two different sizes. Then you have a screen on the back. And uh, the worst part of all is, I don't know, it's the Surface laptop, I think that is, where it folds over and has that hinge with a huge gap. Yeah. Suddenly you have a device with a huge gap. Yikes. Is this uh, foreshadowing for what the Galaxy F is going to be? I don't know. I hope not. Hopefully, Samsung is going to... They figured it out. Yeah, figure They're not out. Uh, the royal company Ugh. with the flex pie. I think they were probably just trying to beat Samsung to market. Be first, yeah. get the press. Yeah. yeah. I still wonder greatly about foldable phones, tablets. There's definitely an application somewhere for foldable technology. I'm just not sure if uh, this is it. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, yeah, hopefully in the future we'll see it. I personally would be more apt or like excited to see... You know, from Avatar, 
uh, the movie, uh, James Cameron movie, they I still remember the people working in the lab have those kind of tablets that are completely see-through, and they just have like a little metal on the edges, on like kind of like the top and bottom. What would it be? And I think that would be pretty cool. That yeah, that looks and they awesome. do have some I know see-through screen tech that there that's out there. So maybe I don't know that I would be more excited for that than foldable, but we'll see. It's an evolution. Yeah, it is. All right, the next thing is also another house item, uh, and it's the Foldmate, or Foldymate. I'm not really sure how you pronounce it. It's F-O-L-D-I-M-A-T-E, Foldymate, I guess. Yeah. But anyways, are you tired of folding your T-shirts or folding your pants or folding whatever? Well, now this $900 product can do it for you, but only partially for you because you have to take it, your clothes out of the laundry hamper or out of the, like, the thing you washed them and then clip them into it so that it can then fold it. It folds a t-shirt in about five seconds, and it's about the size of a washer or dryer. <laughs> this, all right, so what? what's the value proposition here? You're saving people time it, folding, but wait a minute. Doesn't it take longer to clip it in, and then it takes five seconds? Yeah, it's, I don't really get it. I think if they could ever get it where you could just, you know, dump your clothes into it, and it could just pick through it and, you know, automatically, you know, fold it like that. That would be pretty awesome, but the fact that you still have to be a, a, like a central part of the whole folding process. You still have to be there. Yeah, you still have to be doing the picking up, clip in, and then it folds. So, yeah, I think this is a really pointless thing. It's huge, too. You do it like twice, and you're like, I can do it faster than this, and yeah. then you never use it again. Yeah, I mean, I'm not good at folding clothes, but... It, it doesn't no, matter. No. no, just just no. No, that's sorry. not even a wide product. Yeah. That's just a. That's a no. That's a gentle no. It's a pass. All right. Do you have something as good as that? Or I, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, we already kind of touched on the 8K TVs. I yeah. I don't think we need them. And you know what I dislike about them? It's really cool how they have the ability to upscale content. Yeah. Um, but the the new quantum processor 8K that Samsung announced, for example, it's basically making everything you're plugging into your tv artificial like it's processing it and you're not actually getting what it like what the real image is yeah yeah so like what i appreciate about movie theaters is that's how the movies are designed to be shown like you see the colors you get the sound experience and with these tvs it's like altering that and you get something called the soap opera effect uh which is where it's like adding frames it's creating pixels and it just looks fake so i bet you can turn it off but um yeah that seems really i mean really like a bad decision because if you want it how can you yeah i don't know that seems you should just like it should just be a monitor right yeah like why even process especially i mean maybe for like like stuff you created or for like youtube stuff maybe if it's not the best quality but for you know movies where they're literally spending millions of dollars to create this movie you know the director has a clear vision of what he wants it to look like and then you run it through this thing and it's like uh, let me just change this a little bit. You know, yeah. it just changes. Imagine the processors get so advanced. You go to watch Inception or something like that, and your little thing you know, you're watching the Lego movie. <laughs> <laughs> it just switches out the whole movie. It's like, no, I don't think so. I'm going to change this movie. Nice try, buddy. Yeah. Nice try. That's the new AI processor from Samsung coming out. I yeah. think TVs could definitely be rethought. Uh, like, no USB-C. Yeah. I think right? what it is is basically they're just trying to think of any reason for people to keep buying TVs. You know, they have to keep putting new features because TVs are big dollar purchases. So people want to make them last longer. So you really got to start baking in a ton of new features if you want to get people to keep upgrading often. Yeah. All right. So the next thing 
is more of a why or kind of a huh that's cool i guess maybe we'll see uh these are called the tesla suits oh this is interesting now where, the, where is this going now the interesting thing is that they need to get in your name first because it's not at all by the company tesla it's not no it's they should, by some very unoriginal people they wait they do what the boring company did not tesla suit. yeah oh there we go but anyways i'm gonna and i'm actually gonna show you a picture of them because i think oh wait i have a tab open somewhere if you uh if you're listening to this i'd say google tesla suit and look at it but basically i'm showing stetson a picture of it now they kind of look like a military style suit like all black suit yeah it's all black it looks like it has strategically placed padding yeah um yeah and, and like shells in it kind of yeah it's kind of like a uh yeah all black bodysuit and it looks like it yeah has padding for like so you could you know fall down the stairs and not get hurt but what that all enables you to do is if you're playing a vr game or something it can give you haptic feedback over your whole body can, and it can actually make you feel warm or cold wait uh, this is on your worst product that sounds awesome well, to me it sounds yeah it's kind of a huh that's cool but it's like how applicable is that right now you know in the current technology environment and it's also like huh doesn't that remind you a lot of ready player one I don't know if you've seen the movie Stetson. I just watched it again a couple weeks ago. But for anyone else out there who has watched it, uh, full body suits that work with VR and make you feel stuff, uh, including in Ready Player One, they have um, some nice interactions between the main character and a female love interest. And he can feel everything. Let me tell you that. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. So this made me think, maybe that is our future. We're hurtling in that direction. We are indeed. So... I yeah. don't know. I could see this really playing well with the virtual reality industry that's kind of taking off where you put on a headset, you're in a huge open space like an airplane hangar or something with yeah. a specially designed course, and then you're just interacting in this space. So, or, I mean, if you're going from Ready Player One, they have these treadmills that basically are multi-directional. So if you're walking, it can figure out what way you're walking and be moving that way. If you, you know, Basically, it just gives you the whole idea that you're in that environment. It's, it's very fascinating. Yeah. Uh, no price on that, no release date. You can go on the website and get a quote from them, but classic. Yeah, it's it's definitely a farther out product, so for sure. Yeah, pretty cool though. So there you have it. No, that's not. That's not it. That's you have more. It. I have more. Gabe did I his research. Have, I just have a couple quick things. All right. So all right. first of all, this is this is not quick news. This is a uh, quick quick fails, quick fails, quick fails. Yeah. Uh first thing, Samsung Smart Fridge. Fridge. Fridge can't talk oh uh, you know i i briefly had you that. saw this too this yeah. is all right so a uh, smart fridge isn't a new thing and it's probably i think eventually they'll get enough features in there and people will have to you know replace fridges and just go with the smart fridge because it makes sense but this year they put in an interesting feature that if you leave the door open guess what it pings your phone and just ready for more notifications yeah but wait why would it the thing is it's like why can't it just close the door <laughs> right how oh did how, how did they not think about this they're like yeah what i really wanted to do is send a notification to the person who left it open when they could just put in the technology to close the door oh like, my god that's so interesting i i know it's really i don't there's some tweet on on that some you know samsung i think or cnet sent out like then the new smart trip from samsung and the person's like couldn't they just have made it close the door in some not so nice expletive terms but yeah yeah that's a i think that's like what that's is this is one of those times when you when tech designers kind of miss the really easy solution 
because they're like, oh yeah, this can just. They're so focused on notifications yeah, and just, smartphone incorporation. Yeah, when sometimes you know the best thing is just being able to auto close the door. Yeah, it just comes down to that. All uh, right, next, next and final thing I think was this the final thing I had? Yeah, the final thing, and I think you've probably heard about this too, was the AT and T swapping out the 4G logo for the 5G logo. Oh, AT and T, they got trashed on. Yeah, I think that was probably one of the best things and then uh didn't sprint tweet some comeback or something to that yeah it was like sprint and or t-mobile and also throwback to an at&t introduced 4g what they did is they released a software update to iphones and just made it say 4g yeah nothing nothing about the actual phone change the speeds didn't change it was just 3g and i guess at&t wanted it to be Wow, that was a... I got a notification. <laughs> uh, AT&T wanted to be leading the trend to to fake for... To rebranding? Yeah. Uh, I think... I mean, I think 5G's, they're trying to make it the next big thing because it's going to supposedly connect, you know, cars connect everything, really. Um, and so there's a huge race by the carriers to be the first one to officially be supporting 5G. But, yeah, they... Well, I found the tweet, what T-Mobile tweeted... And they uh, tweeted a video showing a disembodied thumb applying a, a 9G sticker to one of its smartphones. And it covered up the fact that it was the LTE network. So they're basically saying, like, you can't just put a, a freaking sticker on it, AT&T. And Paul, Which is exactly what AT&T what, did. That they were basically doing. Um, and then the other thing I thought that was kind of a, a an, actually, this was a win, but a fail for other people was the fact Apple doesn't go to this um, convention at all. Um and they threw some major shade at, at Google and Amazon by putting up a huge billboard in Vegas saying, uh, what ha- wait, what was it? What happens on our phone, on iPhones stays on iPhones or whatever like that. Really promoting privacy. And this is something Apple is deeply committed to. Yeah, basically because Apple is a company that, you know, their main uh, source of revenue isn't selling your information for ads, which is a lot what definitely what Google does and more and more what Amazon does. So, you know, there's always with them the question of, you know, they're just selling your privacy. They just are taking all your information that they can get, whether you know it or not, and they're going to use it to increase the value of your, you know, of selling you to advertising companies. So, yeah, I think that was a strong move. Apple, Apple, taking all off the gloves and you know, throwing a punch right up the gut uh, yep. to Google and Amazon. Right where it hurts. Right where it hurts. The main revenue source. Yeah. So, yeah, that was really it for me on the fails and hows and was and whatever from CES. Any kind of questionable words you can think of? Yeah, but overall, I thought it was a, I thought it was a, you know pretty much. I mean, I was a little underwhelmed, but it was kind of what I was expecting. I think it's always a fun show. I love seeing the new tech, and there were definitely some interesting announcements this year, and we definitely have products to look forward to. Yeah, you're gonna basically this CES sets the sets the gamut down all right this is 2019 and then you see which products actually come to fruition which products are let down and which products you know aren't actually even there but then pop up later in the year yeah so yeah that's pretty much it for this episode we're trying to keep them a little shorter and not go to that hour mark so if you want them that long you know let us know if you want them even shorter we'll try to cut them down in the future you can follow us on pinch to zoom pod on twitter on instagram uh, face facebook um, if that's a thing still you know you can follow us there uh myspace you cannot follow us there that's right we're not uh, on myspace anymore we're not there we're not on <laughs> tumblr we're not on tiktok we're not on snapchat yeah pretty much just the main three facebook instagram twitter and of course you can email us uh, of course at pinch to zoom podcast at gmail.com and yeah 
And you can now find the podcast on Apple Podcasts. On Apple Podcasts, on Google Music, podcasting, whatever that network is. Uh, and then hopefully once we hit five podcasts, we will be able to submit it to Spotify and we will be there as well. So thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for the support. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of the show where we talked about CES and technology and we look forward to uh, the next episode. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Uh, My name is Gabe. And I'm Stetson. And this is Pinch to Zoom. Thank you.